Hello, my name is Charles Morgan. This is Word is Alive Ministries. I want to thank you so much for tuning in in whatever format you're doing it, uh, on the radio or on uh, line or our podcast. I just appreciate you listening. Today I'm going to get a message entitled, Watch Me Work. And I had a call from my Uncle Frank. Uh, he called me up and he was telling me about a friend of his and uh had gone through some stuff, and uh, this reoccurrence had come up, and he was kind of distraught a little bit over it, and he was talking to the Lord, and he felt the Lord speaking to him, and he gave him three words, and he said, watch me work. And as I was talking to him, I said, man, there's a sermon in there, you know, and he gave me the whole story, and I, I uh, just brought it down to a little bit, but I said, there's a sermon in there, and he said, I thought you might think that, and I began to think about it. This has been a few weeks ago, and it just kept staying with me about the Lord saying, watch me work. And I knew that I knew that he wanted me to preach something about it. So I began searching the scriptures for something that fit, you know, and I was looking for something that would really work with it. And I just, I just, I couldn't come up with anything. It was just nothing fit. And I finally just sat back and, and I said, Lord, I said, I guess I, I was wrong. This, this isn't to be preached and, and I can't come up with anything. And, and, uh, uh, you know, it was just me putting it through. And then all of a sudden he gave me these scriptures that I'm going to read here. And I said, oh, yeah, that, that does work. And so this is something I've preached before. It's from Mark chapter 2. And I've, I've preached it many times. It's, it's some of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And I had never really applied it in this way. But the Lord uh, gave this to me, and, and I just, uh, I'm going to share it with you. It's Mark chapter 2. Starting in verse 1, it says, Again, he entered into Capernaum. After some days, it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed, therein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there, and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but only God? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason you these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way and thine own house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God saying we never saw it on this fashion alright this is also recorded in Luke chapter 5 and in there it talks about the same thing uh, it gets a little bit more detailed uh, it says that uh, they took up the tile of the house so we kind of know how how they did that and uh, it said they took up the tiling with his couch in the midst for Jesus same story uh, just a reiteration of it. Uh, what we need to know here is that Jesus had gone from Galilee. He called 
disciples, uh, the apostles off the, the shores of Galilee, they had gone with him. Uh, they left there. They'd gone to Capernaum. Uh, he, he healed a man. Uh, if you look over in, in, in uh, uh, the other chapter, uh, chapter 1, it says that he healed a man that uh, was uh, of an unclean spirit, and the unclean spirit even acknowledged who he was, and he told him to hold thy peace and come out of him. And, and it said they were astonished at the way he was speaking. He said, he, he, what new doctrine is this? And, and, you know, they was speaking with authority. They said in, in verse 22, and said so they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Now, the scribes were well-versed in the scriptures. They knew what they said. Uh, they could quote them, and, and when they taught, they would say, the scripture says this, but Jesus was speaking as one that had authority. Well, of course he is. He's the one that wrote it. All the scripture comes from him. And, he, of course, it wouldn't have been what we're reading, but it would have been the, the old, what we call the Old Testament. But he was speaking with authority, and they were astonished at this. He healed Simon Peter's uh, mother-in-law. You know, uh, Some would say, well, he was never married. Well, verse 30, it said, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. There, there's, he has a wife, and he has she has a mother. That's a mother-in-law. And so he'd done all these things, and it got to the point where people were bringing so many people to him that he couldn't keep up with uh, all the crowd. They were just crowding too much. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't do everything, but they were crowding him up, and, and no one could get to him. And so what he did is he it said he went out into the desert. Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in the desert place. Now, again, they were just creating these crowds, and, and uh, they were smashing one another probably. You know, you know how it is when you get a crowd. So he went outside the city into a desert place, more open area okay and so what we're seeing in chapter two is he has come back into the city so he's already been there everyone knows about him they know they know he's healing they know what he's doing they've been taking people to him out there in the desert and now he's come back in the city and we see that he entered into Capernaum again so he's he's come back and he and after some days it was noised that he was in the house so he went out there he comes back so he's got a little bit of time and all of a sudden, it gets around. He's there. He's in this house. He, we know where he is. They're going to bring people to him now. Uh, you know, we would be doing the same thing, wouldn't we? We would be bringing our sick to him. We would say, "Hey, I want to." Uh, maybe ourselves. We'd say, "I want to. I want healed." You know, I've got this or that. I want to see Jesus work. I want to see what he can do. You know, and Jesus did work. He did great works in in the eyes of everyone. You know, and so then we've got. We've got this story of these four people. Now, I know it's been in uh, television. It's been in different things. And, and uh, uh, you know, sometimes I, I think it's done well. Sometimes I don't. But whatever it is, there were four of these people that were carrying this person. This person couldn't move. Uh, not on their own. They were carrying them. And in, in, uh, in Luke, it says he was on a, a couch or something that he was laying on. They were carrying this. And they come to him, and they, and they see straightway where there were many gathered, and you couldn't get to him. There was no way to get to the house. It was surrounded, you know, and, there, you know, just you couldn't get to the door. People were, and I know that they were probably right there in, you know, right there in the front, for the most part, for the door, trying to get in, trying to uh, view him, trying to see what was going on. You know, he was drawing these great crowds, and he said he preached unto them. If anybody ever tells you that Jesus never preached, well, you can show them this verse right here. It says he preached to them. That's what he was doing. 
He was preaching to them. He was talking to them. He was teaching them. He was preaching the gospel of himself to them. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And so that's what he was doing. Well, these four people were not going to be turned away. They came and they said, we can't, we can't get to him. Can't do it. Get to him now. I'm telling you, I've heard all kinds of excuses. People say, "Well, you know, I couldn't do. I couldn't talk to this person for this reason or that reason." These people weren't taking any of that. They weren't giving excuses. Uh, they they wanted their friend, uh, loved one, whoever he was to them. They cared so much. They wanted him to see Jesus. Do we do that? I hope we do. I, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people, and in, in, uh, and and here's what happens. You know, you get saved, you get in church, and you you stay around church people. You don't have any lost friends, folks. We need lost friends. We need to be telling them about Jesus. You know, how are we going to tell anybody about Jesus that's lost unless we have lost friends? You know, I know you can go to strangers. I know, and some people do that, but you need lost friends so you can talk to them. You can tell them about Jesus so they can tell their family, so they can tell others. These people had a person who needed Jesus. That's all of us. We all need Jesus. We need him in our lives. We need him for salvation. We need him in every aspect of everything we are, we do, we want to do. And so they brought him to Jesus. They couldn't get to him. So what did they do? They hatched a plan to go up on the roof. And like I said in Luke, it said they pulled up the tiling. I can imagine that they probably heard Jesus, and they listened, and they knew he's right there. They pulled that tiling up, and they lowered him down. I love what Jesus does. I mean, immediately he says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. He said, When he saw their faith, that's an amazing thing. He saw their faith. I'm going to tell you what. There, there are so many times that if Jesus looked at me, I'm afraid he wouldn't see my faith. He wouldn't see that I had faith because I, I'm lacking. I'm, I'm uh, waning in it. I'm, I'm caught up in my own life. I'm caught up in, in the life around me and everything that's happening and what is not happening and all of these things. You know, my, when my Uncle Frank was talking to me, this, this guy, you know, he was his friend. He was talking about these things. And I'm just amazed, you know, and, and I'm sure that when Jesus looked at him, he saw his faith. He didn't see him. He didn't see uh, his ailment. He didn't see uh, what was going on good with him or bad with him. He saw his faith. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. It's amazing. Folks, if you had that done, if Jesus has forgiven your sins, if you come to him and say, I know I'm a sinner and I know I'm bound for hell and I want to believe in you and I believe that God raised you from the dead, I want to give you my life and you've been forgiven of your sins, you need to rejoice. You need to rejoice. And I'm sure this man was rejoicing. I'm sure he was rejoicing, but see, there was always somebody there. Somebody. And this time it was the scribes. Well, we know why they're probably a little upset because people were saying Jesus was speaking with authority more than them they're quoting scripture but Jesus is teaching in authority so what are they? jealous upset 
hey, we've been doing this this whole time, and then this one guy comes in here, and look at what they're doing. Uh, immediately, they're turning towards him. Why is that? They were upset with Jesus. They were looking at him and saying, hey, we don't like this. We don't like what he's doing. We don't like how popular he is. We don't like the fact that people are bringing people to him, and he's healing the sick. Now, you got to be pretty stone-cold mean to do, be doing that, hadn't you? But yet that's the way they were. And apparently they were pretty close. They were close enough that they could tell what had just happened. And it happened in the house. And it says that there was a crowd around them where you couldn't get to it. So they were up pretty close to the building. Now they might have used their influence and said, hey, let me up front. Whatever it was, they were close enough to know what Jesus said. They were close enough to hear him when he said, your sins are forgiven you. But they weren't, they weren't bold enough to say things out loud. It said they reasoned in their hearts. It said, they, why? It said, reason in their hearts. Why does a man thus speak blasphemies? So they're looking at one another and they're all thinking the same thing. They're not going to say it because they know they got a crowd around it. Man, they're, they're into Jesus. But in their hearts they're saying, how can he speak blasphemies? Only God can forgive sins. Well, they were absolutely right. But they're not acknowledging that they were looking at God. They were listening to God. Jesus is 100% man, 100% God. Don't ever forget that. And if you say, well, that doesn't add up. Yes, it does. He is 100% man, 100% God. But because they were doing this in front of God... He immediately knew what they were talking about in their own hearts, not speaking it, but in their own hearts. He said, when they perceived, he said, why do you so reason in your hearts? Why, why are you doing this? He said, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. He said, look, he said, why are you doing this? He said, do you think it's easier for me to forgive his sins or to tell him that he can walk now here look here i mean they knew what he had been doing he'd been healing people he had probably healed someone that couldn't walk but instead of saying oh yeah he can do all that he must you know god's with him and no they're upset they're upset oh he he, he said he said something only god can do instead of looking at it and going okay who are we looking at Folks, I'm telling you, you need to meet Jesus. This man met Jesus. What do you need in your life? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is not a fast food restaurant where you go in, you order it, and you say, well, I want this, and I don't want any pickles, and I don't want any of that. You know, when we take things to Jesus, we can't just go in there and say, Jesus, this is exactly what I want you to do. And expect him to do exactly what we want just because we want. That may be exactly what we need. We may be in so in tune with him that we're asking for exactly what we need. But you may be saying, well, you know, I asked Jesus for a brand new car and all I got was this old beater. Well, you know, you got an old beater. You got something to get around. Maybe Jesus knew you didn't need that big payment. You didn't need that big insurance that was going to be associated with that. What you needed was something that got you around, back and forth to work, provide for your family. You said, well, I don't have the house that I... 
I want, you know, and I pray that I have a better house. Well, you've got what you need. Jesus will take care of our needs. He didn't say he'd take care of our wants. He didn't say all these things. But when we go to him, we say, Lord, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let you work this. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to abide with whatever you say. I'm going to look at it and I'm going to go, this is exactly what's supposed to happen. Whether I look at it as good or bad. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to purpose. In the beginning that says, and we know. And we know. So these guys were looking at this and they didn't get the response from Jesus that they thought they ought to get. And it wasn't even them that was there. But they looked at it and said, this is not the response we should get. You know, Paul went to Jesus and said, you know, he wanted this thorn in his flesh removed. And he said, Jesus told him, my grace is sufficient for you. And he said, okay, okay. Didn't take away the thorn. He still wanted it removed, but he said, I'd taken it to him. And he said, this is the way it is. So these guys were taking this to him and they were saying, look, here, here's the thing. We don't like what he's saying. We don't like how he's doing it. And Jesus said, which is easier? And here's where we get to this part. He said, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Now this is where I'm looking at it and, I'm, and, I, and it just hit me what he was saying. He said, watch me work. Watch me work. You don't like what I'm doing. You don't like what I'm saying. Stand back. Watch me work. You know, he does that in life. Watch me work. In so many instances throughout the Bible and throughout lives, I've seen this. Watch me work. Watch what I can do. I can do it all. Do you believe that? Do you accept that? You say, well, I know somebody and, and they, uh, they prayed that they'd be healed, but now, now they're, they're dead. They're gone. If they had a life in Christ and they accepted His gift of eternal life, that's exactly what they have. They have been rewarded with eternal life. This death on this earth to a Christian, to a child of God, to one who has given everything to Jesus and they belong to Him and they are heirs and joint heirs with Him, death is a reward. And that Paul was talking about that. You say, well, you got a death wish. No, that's not what it is. I'm prepared. I know. I understand. This life ends here. This old body that I'm, you're looking at, you're listening to. If it ends, I have eternal life. I'm more alive than I've ever been because I'll be with Jesus. It says to be with absent from this body, to be present with the Lord. You say, well, uh, so and so, you know, and, and this happened and that happened and it, it, you know, it's not fair. What is fair? what Jesus wants. He said, but you may know. Watch me work. Child of God, maybe there's something going on in your life. Maybe you've got to the point you think Jesus is not listening to you. He is. Go and talk to him and say, Lord, I'll watch you work. I know you're working. I know you're doing what's supposed to be. How many times have you prayed and prayed and prayed and, and something didn't go and, and, uh, and, uh, and so far down the line, all of a sudden, everything worked out? Well, Jesus was working all the whole time. 
Wouldn't it have been amazing if we'd have watched him work the whole time instead of saying, Oh, you've forgotten me? Watch me work. Jesus is about work. God works. It's so in Genesis. is on that seventh day he rested. He works. Watch me work. What is what is it in your life? You know, their hand, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ and you don't even know what I'm talking about. You say, I don't understand. Things just happen. No, no. Jesus happens. Jesus happens and he happened in this man's life. When they brought him, they were bringing him to the one that they knew could do something about it. You say, well, how do you know that they knew that? Because Jesus saw their faith. They knew exactly what was going to happen. That Jesus was going to take care of it. Did they know that he was going to heal them? They were sure hoping that. But they knew that they were bringing him to the one that could do it all. Now, I would have liked to have seen them when he said, your sin's forgiven you. But Jesus saw their faith. They knew. They knew. They knew what was going to go on. The people around were waiting for this. Watch me work. Jesus is waiting for you to come to him and say, come and be my child. Watch me work. Watch me do all these things. You know, we look at our world, and I know people are saying, oh, it's it's terrible, it's awful, and, and uh, where is God in all this? Read your Bible and see what he says. I look at this, and I look at everything that's happening, and I'm going, oh, my goodness. Look at the way everything is being worked, just the way the Bible says. And people will deny this and oh no no it's just this. No, it's all working exactly the way the Bible says. It's all working down to that point where he's going to pull us out of here. I don't know when that will be, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know exactly when it is, but I'm telling you it's closer than it was yesterday. And if we have it tomorrow, it'll be closer then than it is today. I'm telling you right now that you don't need to harden your heart, you need to accept Jesus Christ, you need to give your life to him. You need to say, Lord, I need that salvation. I need my sins forgiven. I want to have a home in heaven. I want to give my life over to you, and I want to live my life for you in every aspect. And Lord, please forgive me when I fail you, when I don't have that faith, when you can't look at me and have that faith. When my uncle told me about this, I realized how lacking I was. And so many times I wasn't waiting and watching Jesus work I was trying to do it myself. Trying to work it out. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm ready to just see. Show me. Show me what you got. I know you love me. I know you care for me. I know that you've got my interest at heart. You know, a father cares for his own. He cares for us. I've said this many times to to people that have young girls come along, you know, and I tell them, you know, you need to be careful. And when that little boy pulls up, you know, and honks his horn, you say, no, he's going to come and talk to me. Oh, I shouldn't do that. And I said, I said, let me ask you something. Who do you think has your daughter's best interest at heart, you or that young man out there honking his horn? And they always get a look on their face and say, I hadn't thought about it like that. 
better think about it. Who do you think's got your best interest at heart? This old world? These old things that honk their horns and say, hey, hey, come on. Or God. You know the answer to that. Maybe you're in a world of hurt right now and you say, hey, I'm looking at some things, man. Maybe those circumstances won't change. Maybe you've got to pay some debt. But you can pay that debt with Jesus at your side. Taking care of everything along the way. Watch me work. But that you may know. That you may know. Watch me work so you can know who I really am. He's an amazing Savior. He wants you today. And because of that, he said, Arise. Arise and take up thy bed. Go thy way into thine house. He said, Get up. This man was palsy. He couldn't walk there. They carried him. Four people carried him. I mean, I don't know how big a guy he was. It took four people to carry him. I'm sure they were one on each corner. They were carrying him up there. They lowered him down. Jesus had just said your sins are forgiven. Now he says get up and walk. Everybody there, watch me work. And everybody saw it. Everybody saw it. What's he going to do in your life? When you turn it over to him, you say, Lord, here it is. And he says, okay. Watch me work. And everybody around sees it. Everybody knew what was going on. Even those scribes that were standing there doubting and, and having things in their heart that were not good saw it. They knew what he said. They knew what he had done. Get up. Take your bed and go to your own house. Verse 12, and I, I love this. There are so many words in the Bible that mean so much to me. And this second word in that verse means so much to me because I see it in so many instances where Jesus is involved. It says, and immediately. What is that telling me? There was no gap in time. There wasn't, you know, his... He didn't have to lay there and, 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 you know, we see these movies where all of a sudden, you know, flesh is growing, you know, and muscles are coming back and, and we have a time lapse of it, you know. No, this was immediate. This man couldn't walk. Surely his muscles were atrophied, which meant they were so skinny that they wouldn't support his body. But immediately he got up. Watch me work. Doesn't take a long time. That's not what he's about. He spoke everything into existence. You say, well, I thought, uh, it says God created. Well, and John says that the Word was with God, and He created everything, and without Him nothing was created. God is Jesus. Jesus is God. I need to get that. Immediately He rose and took up His bed and went forth before them all. They all saw this. Jesus does not operate in private all the time. There are things he does that maybe nobody else knows about. He's done things in my life that nobody else knows about. He's answered prayers in my life that nobody else knows about. But he's answered prayers in my life that everyone has seen. He's answered prayers in other people's lives that all can see. We need to give him the glory. My wife and I were talking about this and and uh, I'm, I'm pretty lacking. A lot of times I'll pray for an answer, and when I get the answer, I forget to say something right then. I try to 
wherever I am when I realize it. Hey, I just got an answer. I try to stop. I don't care where I am. If I'm driving down the road, if I'm in a grocery store or hardware store or whatever it is, I try to stop right then and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the work. Thank you, Jesus, for answering that prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to see it. Folks, I've seen some amazing things that Jesus has done. And I'm constantly amazed. I've never got to the point where I go, oh yeah, whatever. No, I'm constantly amazed at what Jesus does in lives. You're a child of God. Let your witness, your life, speak loudly. Give Him credit for everything. Don't ever hold back. He said, before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed. They were all amazed at watching Jesus work. They all saw it. They all saw what He had done. So they were all amazed. And they glorified God. Let's give Him the credit. Let's not give it to somebody else. Let's give Him the credit. When He says, Watch me work. When He does it, let's give Him the glory. They said, We have never saw it on this fashion. It's amazing. What's going on in your life? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you given your life to Him? Watch Him work. Watch Him cleanse your life. Watch Him uh, give you eternal life. Watch Him work. Or maybe you've given your life to Him and there's something going on in your life and you're, you're at your wit's end and you've tried everything on your own. Give it to Him and watch Him work. And give Him credit for it. Glorify God in everything. Say, Lord, it's yours. Wouldn't it be amazing if we all got saved? I know it's not going to happen. The Bible says not. But I pray that you will today. Watch Him work. Thank you very much. My name is Charles Morgan. This is Word is Alive Ministries.